We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my lovely friends. I'm so happy to be spending a little time with you here today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. You know, love, it's something we all want because I think it's at the very essence of who we are. It is our essence. It's what breathes us. It's what beats our hearts. And we all want happily ever after. But it certainly seems that road can be peppered with twists and turns, complexities and confusion, especially in this modern age where women are independent and career-oriented. You know, I found it interesting to learn that nine out of 10 women will be solely responsible for their finances at some point in their lives. We simply can't expect that love's going to come along and rescue us. So how can we take care of ourselves while being in a relationship and take care of others? How can and how should we be smart, savvy, and responsible for our mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial well-being? We're here today with a very wise and wonderful expert who's going to share her wisdom with us, Kathleen. Lean grace. And whether you're married, single, or contemplating divorce, whether you're a high-powered executive or a single mom struggling to make ends meet, Kathy is here to encourage all of us women to claim our power and to create and protect ourselves and our financial future. Kathleen Grace has provided sophisticated financial and estate planning tax strategies for over 23 years to Fortune 500 executives, affluent multi-generational families, entrepreneurs, and institutions by serving as her client's chief financial officer. Kathy was awarded the SEMA designation for the Investment Management Consultants Association with education and curriculum through the Wharton School. Kathy has been a guest lecturer on a variety of financial topics to groups and universities and is a frequent collaborator and contributor to print radio, and television. Kathy is also the author of the Amazon bestseller, Prince Not So Charming, a financial planning novel. So Kathy, thank you so much for being here today for a second episode of Journey to Center. My pleasure. So we spoke of your book in my last interview, which I enjoyed thoroughly, and I'm glad you said yes to another show because I have lots and lots of questions here. Um, First of all, Kathy, who do you think would benefit most from reading your book, Prince Not So Charming? Well, I'm biased, of course, but I, th- I think it rings true for everyone. I have men who love the book as well as women, but there is a section in the book um, for specifically for women. It's called Cinderella's Guide mm-hmm. um, for women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond. So mm-hmm. I would say probably women 20 to 50s plus probably would enjoy it the most. Mm-hmm. I did. I enjoyed it very much. It was a really fun read and, and I found it really um, interesting and And uh, I saw a lot of myself in it, which I guess maybe most women will, because it does seem money is part of our lives and relationships is part of our lives. So you really kind of covered some important territory in regards to both of those things. I I really tried to take the experiences I've seen in not only in my practice with colleagues, myself, friends, family members, and try to boil it into the experiences that most women will find themselves in either romantically or financially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's true. 
So what advice would you give to maybe a 20-something-year-old that would be different than somebody maybe in their 50s? Well, in your 20s, you're typically starting out, you're finishing college or maybe even a a postgraduate degree of some sort or maybe going to law school, something like that. And at that point, you may be entering the job force, (laughs) work Mm -hmm. world today, where I've heard millennials having uh, quite a difficult time in today's labor market especially when you're trying to negotiate not only just your salary, but also what benefits might be provided by the company. And healthcare is a big issue today and a big oh, yes. expense. Yes. So probably one, you know, actually on both sides of in your twenties and fifties, healthcare would definitely be an issue, but starting out, especially Deductibles are important to take a look at when you're negotiating your salary, looking at what is included in those benefits, and also trying to keep an eye on rent costs, because I know a lot of young people are renting today, and looking at, well, how much am I going to earn, and then how much do I have net of tax to put forth toward living expenses and still have enough left over, which we call discretionary income, to have fun money, play money, but also, like I always say, money to pay yourself first. In in other words, have some sort of savings plan in place at a young age and or looking towards having the ability to pay down any debt you may have accumulated um, in student loans. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's important, isn't it? Because it can really be a, kind of a monkey on your back for a very long time and maybe forever. So I think that that's a really good bit of advice for sure. Um, so I know that your, your book is for all types of women, single, married, maybe getting divorced, younger, older, high-powered executives, maybe single mothers. What do you find that is similar in their situations that your book's theme speaks to? I think everybody falls prey to looking for someone to save them, either emotionally, financially, um, in any scope of Mm -hmm. our being. I think that a relationship, at least historically and culturally, we grew up thinking that we should have a partner in life and, you know, raise a family maybe. And I think that we often get sidetracked down a road in in a romance where sometimes we don't really take a look at the warning signs and mm-hmm. understand what we're getting into, perhaps financially as well. Mm, yes, I think that's accurate. So um, I'm interested in knowing, Kathy, uh, what are the three takeaways that you want people to really get by virtue of reading your book? I think the most important is giving anybody financial control over your life, over your finances, leaves you exposed or vulnerable to any type mm-hmm. of financial crisis or being mm-hmm. a victim. And I think that giving anybody um, control also 
leaves you to not have a game plan in place if someone, your spouse or significant other were to die, become disabled, or, you know, like, for example, in my story, maybe become a jerk. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that given the divorce rate today, I think that things are often extremely wonderful in the beginning and then not so much after. So I think, you know, that whole idea that romance can kind of cloud finance is very true. Mm-hmm. And the third, <laughs> and the third thing I would say is, when you have financial independence, it's a whole lot easier to deal with the devastation of a breakup uh, if you're not also dealing with potentially being broke. Oh, my gosh, that's so true. I know I've stayed in relationships far longer than I should have because of that very reason, you know, because I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to take care of myself because I gave away my power. So you're telling my story. You're talking to me here. That's for sure. My goodness. So I wish I would have uh, stumbled upon your book many years ago, but I'm happy to have it in my hands now and share it with others. Well, it's never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> no, I think it's fantastic. Um, so I think it's a little interesting because you also say that even high-powered executives who are doing well financially could benefit from your book. Why do you think they might need reminded about making good financial choices as well? I think, you know, I touched upon this a little bit, but, you know, we still have cultural and societal biases that we live with. I mean, for example, um, we just made history this year by having the first uh, female presidential candidate. I think Mm -hmm. that's, you know, pretty amazing milestone. But to think of things in terms of the fact that we still don't have an equal rights amendment and it's been a hundred plus years. So uh, I, I think we still unfortunately live with a lot of biases in our culture where we think, oh, you know, that's, a, you know, someone else's job to take care of me financially, maybe my father or my husband or my partner, he'll deal with finances, even if I'm making great money or I'm a, a successful litigator. I think it's just inherent in our kind of culture that uh, a lot of us put that financial pressure on the spouse. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I think that, you know, it's just easier too. It's not necessarily a, always a gender thing. It's a, Oh, it's easier. Just let my husband handle that. Um, And I think that, we do that in our culture with any with any person. Doesn't matter what career or what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not fun to deal with the unfun stuff. And and uh, for my husband, it is fun for him to deal with spreadsheets and numbers. And I'm looking at him like, what? It's far more fun to go shopping. <laughs> but it's important. I say, you know, we need to eat our vegetables before we eat dessert. We need to take responsibility and do the things we have to do. So we get to do the things we want to do. It's not always easy. (laughs) You know, I know. And I I have a young daughter and I tell her that all the time when she 
gets into something and then it becomes a little difficult to excel, you have to put in a little bit more effort. And mm-hmm. I say, you know, nothing comes easy. Nothing is, you know, uh, just a snap of the fingers. Anything worthwhile was worth taking the time, energy, and effort to put mm-hmm. forth to it. So, so even true. the finances... Even finances, for sure. But I think, you know, just getting back to the book and talking about the book, I tried to make finances fun and Mm -hmm. look at it from a perspective of, okay, here's some certain scenarios that could happen to you in a relationship where everything's going great and you're having a ball and you're madly in love. We've all been there. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) fuck. You know, something comes and smacks you and into reality and you're like, wow, okay, I didn't know this. And Mm -hmm. I think within the book, everybody could relate to either some part of the story of having a relationship and having these situations pop up in a relationship or even some of the financial issues that creep up between a couple. Mm hmm. Yes, I think that's, again, very, very accurate. Very, very accurate. So what would you say, Kathy, if somebody's planning on getting married, what's the most important advice you can give to them? I, the first thing I always say is go in with your eyes wide open. It's always a great idea to and I know this sounds so unromantic, but share finances and credit reports and Mm -hmm. tax returns. And the reason being is you don't want to wake up next to a person after marriage that you had no idea was in debt for hundreds of thousands of dollars, because in certain states, that would become your debt too. Yeah, because marriage is really a contract. Yeah, it's a contract. You're you're contractually connecting yourself to this person. So I guess these are important things to address. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about it in our other show that a lot of people say, oh, that's so unromantic and who wants to talk about that? And, And I always say, but it's worse and it would be more devastating and less romantic if you woke up the next day into a financial situation that you didn't want to be in. And so I think, that by opening your eyes to one another's finances, and it goes both ways, allows you that conversation or that platform. And you talked about this in our previous show, which I thought was brilliant, is building a really good, solid foundation together as a couple, because Mm -hmm. everybody knows one of the leading causes of marital discord and divorce are financial situations. So I think it's really important to both be on the same page when it comes to money, money issues, understanding one another's money biases. And I think that, you know, we're, we really don't do a great job also, quite frankly, teaching our kids at a young age, talking in high school or in college on personal finance, not Mm -hmm. the math, but understanding compromise, understanding budgeting, cash flow, how much do I have going in? What do I have going out? What what is my tax liability? You know, how can I save? How do I build my financial future? We really don't do enough of that. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I think that is true. But I think you give people the tools and um, the courage and um, that opportunity to, to take greater responsibility around it. Because this certainly can be a complex topic. But if we're willing to have honest conversations about it and also really look inwardly, take uh, responsibility and be introspective about this, it can make the complex topic less complex, less confusing, more comprehensive. Um, And it reminds me of a, a quote that I heard recently. Somebody goes, what do you want and what do you want the most? Well, it's easy to want. It's easy to want a lot of things. That's the easy part. But to prioritize, I think, is so vital. And you help people do that. Absolutely. And beginning, I always say, begin with the end in mind. What do you want to accomplish? You know, even short-term goals. What do you want to accomplish in one year, in two years, in three years, in five? You know, building a plan. It's funny, but people build business plans and others, you know, plan for going to college and a plan for getting married and a plan for having a family, but they don't want to spend the time to build and plan their financial future. Mm-hmm. And I think that the book and what I was trying uh, to do in this story is to make it fun and interesting and be able to be captivating and understand what happens or could happen if you're not opening your eyes to what could happen in a relationship with money. A cautionary tale. And like I said, I wish I would have read this earlier in my life, but I'm happy to have it now. And uh, I definitely feel like the world is more solid under my feet because of some of the stuff that I've gone through that you also document in this fairy tale. <laughs> so um, a couple of other questions that I really want to get to. Do you believe, and, and, and I've thought for this myself, and I haven't quite come up with the answer. It depends on the day you ask me. Do you think fairy tales really influence us? You know, was me listening to Cinderella and all these fairy tales as a child, is that really, I decided, I mean, I think that is on some level why I decided, why I made the decisions that I made. But I'm wondering if it's something more than that. Do you think that that's kind of what happens with our women and our society and the men? I think so. I think, again, you know, we grow up a certain way and, you know, as roles change, for example, now you have many um, men that are caregivers in the home and staying home to raise children. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we're seeing a shift societally in, you know, the breadwinning aspect uh, in gen- in terms of gender, but I I still think that the fairy tales definitely play a role and an impact on you know our behaviors in dreaming or believing mm-hmm. that expectations we'll find mm-hmm. somebody exactly that it, we can live happily ever after. Yes, you can, but understand that there are going to be some bumps in the road. And in specifically in this story, Cinderella creates her own happily ever after. She mm-hmm. doesn't need the prince to do that. And I think that, um, you know, in our previous show, we talked about coming to a relationship from a place of strength financially and emotionally mm-hmm. helps find healthy relationships you know, mm-hmm. to 
to marry or to um, have a significant other where those fairy tales won't be played out in your mind as, you know, a story, but understanding that there's a reality to life and that it's not always, you know, um, Cinderella, it might be a little bit bumpy along the way. Yeah, we're here to learn things. And I do think money is one of our uh, great tools and opportunities to get our soul level lessons here on planet earth and so yeah it, it's uh it can be filled with bumps and bruises but if we can learn and course correct and refine and i think ultimately i mean one of my very favorite quotes ever was by latsu be really whole and all things will come to you so don't be a half trying to find the other half which you know it's it's a romantic notion but it's not healthy it's not um responsible and it's uh it doesn't sustain itself so be whole and then attract another whole person. And I think that's really where happily ever after has that um, strong foundation where it can, it, it can um, unfold that way and, and uh, continue. Empower. That's a great point. Yep. It's and about being empowered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, you said something earlier that I, I want to know a little bit more about. You said there are, um, are is it three money biases? Yes. So Tell find me. your money yes findyourmoneymind.com you can go on and take the quiz and learn which bias you have when it comes to making money decisions is it a happiness fear or commitment money mind and within that is when you approach financial decisions, are you coming from a place of fear? For example, you know, I don't want to buy this because I'm so afraid I might go into debt. I might, you know, uh, lose my money tomorrow. I don't want to spend anything. You know, that is a different bias and can have its own issues, positive and negative. And then there's the happiness money mind where, you know, you kind of throw caution to the wind. I want to buy the Ferrari. I want to live a good life. I'll worry about paying for it later. You know, obviously, we know that has tremendous consequences. Or the commitment money mind may also have consequences where, you know, we I've had clients before that want to give their kids everything and and you know, give their money away to charity and not and may not have enough left for themselves to live. And mm-hmm. that also creates its own obvious, you know, positives and negatives. So I think mm-hmm. understanding how you make decisions helps you make better decisions in the future. So mm-hmm. when I stand in front of a, a money decision, I'm going to say to myself, oh, well, I'm coming from this you know, from my happiness money mind, this is a a want, not a need, or I'm coming from this and my fear money mind, everything's going to be fine. I have my savings set aside. This is my discretionary income. I'm going to be okay. I can treat myself and this is something I can afford. So being able to talk through those things, I think is really important. And you're not going to be able to do that unless you have good insight into what drives your money decisions. Yeah, that's a great quote that you said. Know how you make decisions so you can make better decisions. I think that's really very, very astute, very wise. So yeah, to know your inherent way of being and then be able to balance it and temper it so that you are more uh, responsible and empowered. 
Exactly, exactly. And using whatever tools you need to in order to short circuit, maybe some negative biases when it comes to money and be able to kind of bypass those and trick yourself into positive behaviors. I like it. I think that that's fantastic. So, Kathy, how can people connect with you, get a copy of your book, Prince Not So Charming, Cinderella's Guide to Financial Independence? How can they get more of you? Okay, well, on my website, the book site is princenotsocharming.com, and there is a link down at the bottom. You can find me and my, my business contact information, as well as where to buy the book. I think that's fantastic. Well, this has really been a fun conversation. And like I said, I feel like your, your story is my story, but I would imagine anybody that picks it up is going to see some, some of themselves in this and, and maybe have their own epiphanies, ahas, be able to course correct and maybe avoid some, some uh, future bumps and bruises <laughs> by virtue of this, this fun book. So I really, really, really appreciate you writing it and taking the time to have this conversation with me, Kathy. I think you're just a treasure. Thank you so much. It has been my pleasure. Oh, awesome. And to my um, lovely producer, Nate, thank you. You always make us sound so good. And I just have great appreciation and affection for you and Brent Carey for this forum called Empower Radio. And to my listeners, gosh, this wouldn't be as much fun if I wasn't connecting with you. So I would love to hear from you. We Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email me, TammyBPhD at gmail.com. Go to my website, download my free ebook about manifesting the life that you deserve and that you desire. It comes with a free guided meditation. So just know, to me, this is about connection, relationship. It's about ascending in our consciousness and doing so with grace and ease. So God bless you. Take good care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now. 